everybody inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with my man Justin Quinn. We are recording this on a Monday. We are eight days away from the NBA season opener, which also happens to be the first Celtics game of the season, uh, opening night. Opening the season off the first half of the uh, first day doubleheader, I guess you could say, uh, against Philly next Tuesday night. Um we're basically just wrapped up the preseason. Uh, we're going to go through the kind of a not so great preseason the Celtics had. A one and three start, even though the wins losses don't really matter. The uh, what we saw on the court wasn't exactly what we were hoping to see, at least uh, on, from my perspective. Um, the starters looked a little rusty, um, but we're going to get into all that in a second. Uh, but thank you guys for hanging with us all summer. We really appreciate it, and um, we're going to be back on our regular. Weekly schedule after this. I know it's been a little erratic over the summer in the doldrums, but we're going to get back on uh, back on the grind. Uh, weekly podcast from here on out all through the season, which is hopefully going to be a glorious season. Uh, Justin, what's up, my man? We are almost back to real basketball, but... Uh, Getting there. I'm not so thrilled with what I've been seeing. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, so, right, like the... Uh, not what we were expecting. Uh, I think, obviously, some guys coming back from injury and, you know, blending some pieces together. But at the same time, I mean, you look at, like, last season, uh, heading into the season, the team looked pretty impressive in the preseason. And um, you, you kind of would have expected something similar this year. Very much so. I'm not super worried. The team has really been playing at a very good level at the the bottom end of the rotation, you know, Walt Lemon, Robert Williams, those kind of guys who are, are, are going to be fighting to to sniff any real playing time during the regular season, they look great. They look very impressive. I am super excited by what I saw. And, you know, like I wrote about earlier in the week, I, I don't think it's a very big deal to lose games necessarily, particularly when – People who will be lucky if they see four minutes in a game are playing more like 20. So that's fine. The The thing that's bothering me, you know, the second unit looks pretty good, solid, not great, about as hard as they should be really playing considering they don't want to get hurt. Uh, and, you know, to a certain extent, that's an excuse for the starters, particularly, like you said, considering that they are at least two, no, three, three potential starters uh, coming back from potential injury, I don't necessarily think that Tice is going to be a starter very often, but, you know, he could be. So we've got three guys with significant minutes coming back from injury, one of whom, Kyrie, looks totally fine. You know, the only reason he missed that last game was because of some, some slightly bruised ribs from practice. Nothing to worry about. Hayward, structurally fine. You know, physically, I'm not too upset about his hesitation. What is really bothering me more than anything is – the lack of team play, everyone on the island, ISO ball coming from everyone except for Mook, really. I mean, you know, Marcus uh, Morris did play a little bit of ISO ball, but really not anything compared to to what most of the starters were playing. And, you know, guys were missing rotations, just like falling asleep on defense, kind of jogging out to the perimeter when someone's taking an open shot. Just really, really bad individualist ball, not team ball, and that really has me concerned. Yeah, and I think I mean, and they obviously struggled uh, shooting the three. Uh, they shot like twenty five percent. So I mean, that goes a long way towards uh, you know, obviously opening things up on the offensive end. Anyways, uh, you know, they're not going to shoot that poorly this season, or if they do, we're in big trouble. Uh, but um, you know, and that's something that and over a four game stretch, not really that concerning. Uh, the problem is though, I mean, they've got a tough start to the season. Uh, so it's not like they can ease their way into this. Like, we're playing opening night. We're playing Philly, uh, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, followed by um, a matchup with Toronto after that. Um, you, you know, they really can't they, they can't really ease their way in, you know, uh, to the season. It, they're playing three playoff teams of the first five games, uh, including Oklahoma City as the other one, and then with games at the Knicks and Orlando mixed in. So, like, that first week and a half, um, you know, it's it, – Definitely a tough stretch of games. Yeah, I expect us to drop one to either Toronto or Philadelphia. I think more likely Philadelphia just because I, I, I really do think it's going to take them a little bit of time to, to gel. And Philly starters are mostly going to be coming back the same. And I think that's going to give them an edge on us on opening night. I could be wrong. I'd like to be wrong. But based on what I've seen, I won't be surprised if we drop that first game. 
Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, Philly's going to be figuring some things out too. Um, they're bringing Fultz back in the mix, right? So that's what I was saying. You know, although they do have you know similar, uh, most of the same guys back, there's still definitely some question marks for them, um, or at least figuring out what people's roles are, I, which is I think going to be a big problem for the Celtics. Not not more not necessarily a problem, but definitely an adjustment for some of these guys. That, you know, the Jalen's and the um, Terry Rogers settling into like you know, maybe more of a complimentary role. Yeah, I, I kind of see that being the situation with Toronto, too. Uh, they're going to have a little bit, you know, a couple of, a couple of games, I think, before they play us to, to, to get, a, get a read on that. So it may not be as much of an issue for either team by then, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was. What do you think about, uh, about Kyrie off the court since we last potted? So a uh, lot, of, lot of big Kyrie news coming out and saying he's – Wants to resign here after the season, um, I, which it, to me was not a, a huge shock. I mean, I, I never really understood the New York Knicks talk. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast months ago um, before when this first spurred up. And I mean, it didn't make any sense to me to be leaving what should be, could be the best team in the Eastern Conference for one of the bottom feeders just because he liked New York and maybe wanted to play there when he was a kid. Um, I don't know. That didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, the whole Jimmy Butler situation never really made a ton of sense for me either. We're talking about bringing in a guy. We have kind of a younger version of the same player on the team in Jalen Brown. Uh, didn't really make a ton of sense to me as, as good as Jimmy Butler is. I mean, is he really, you know, is, is you think Kyrie Irving is going to want to just go and play with Jimmy Butler? He'd need six Jimmy Butlers on that Knicks team to make him <laughs> good. Right. So what, what's, why would he just want to go with Jimmy? I didn't never made any sense to me. Yeah, the only thing I could see that making any sense at all is if he really, really was into the idea of building something from the ground up, and I just don't think that's him. You know, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't sound right to me either. Uh, I don't know that this really changes very much, just because, like you said, we all expected him to resign here. The question over. Uh, whether his knee is going to be healthy seems pretty definitively settled. You know, if something happens in the interim, knock on anything vaguely resembling wood, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, that, that could really change things. Um, and mostly for him, you know, and it's worth a gamble for the difference between the extension and the new contract. Uh, there's been a couple people wondering if maybe he's just going to do a one year so he can get that, that 10 year plus veteran, uh, was it a one year or two year? Anyways, one or two, one or two more seasons after this one, where he would be eligible for the. the well, because he'd have to, he'd have to be five here, right? So I think it's two. Anyway, we'll we'll figure it out at some point and write an article about it. But uh, for now, the, the the main issue is balancing security. You know, with I wouldn't say a reason for concern, but he hasn't proved to be the most durable player in right. history. So there is a little bit of risk concern there, and with 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 security. Besides that sort of thing, another another kind of some people thought this was a big deal. I don't think this was a big deal at all. Uh, Jay King was reporting in an athletic article about how he reportedly talked to Anthony Davis about playing with Boston. And I'm sure that he did. They're on USA Basketball together. They they see each other all the time. You know, they're friendly when they meet each other. Uh, I'm pretty sure everyone on USA Basketball has talked to everyone right. on speaking terms with. Hey, you know, you never know. That's where I line up, blah, 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 blah. I love that people act like these conversations are not, like, commonplace. Like, <laughs> as if you wouldn't talk with your friends about playing together or, or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. It's People sometimes act like it's... Um, just it, something that would be something out of the ordinary, which I think is crazy. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you agree because uh, I don't want to get excited about what might be considering all that we have. You know, I mean, Anthony yeah. Davis is amazing, but like this is this is an even like okay. So I will be the first to admit that I was overly attached to Richard. Excuse me, Al Jefferson. <laughs> Al Jefferson. Yes. And when 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 the KG trade ended up going down, I was happy, but also upset. You know, I wasn't one of the people who was saying it shouldn't have happened, but I was uncomfortable with the results until they started playing, and then I shut the fuck up and forgot all about that. Um, 
the idea of moving this core, a large, a large chunk of a Jalen Brown, a Jason Tatum, I'm not so sure that that is a great idea as a unit. Like, I know, I know, I know he's a generational player, but at this point in time, we have a season in front of us. I just want to enjoy it. Right, uh, if, right. if it ever if it ever comes up and the talks are serious, I will really sit down and think about how I feel about Jalen Brown and whoever else or Jason Tatum and whatever other deals need to make it, you know, CBA legal. Right. But for now, I just don't even want to think about it. Yeah, it's just like we, we just put the Kyrie news to bed, right? He said he's open to re-signing. He's going to re-sign. So, um, and then we have to open up the Anthony Davis can again. Like, it's we just can't enjoy what's in front of us. It's, it's It always happens. Um, so, I mean, I'm totally fine with rolling with things the way they are. I, I love Anthony Davis, but at the same time, I plan to put that in the back of my head, not even anywhere near my uh, peripherals because – I don't, I don't care about that. Uh, we've got a good team. There's, there's no need. There's no need to even discuss it. What do you think about uh, Gordon Hayward starting come opening night? Do you think it's a good idea? I don't think it's a good idea. Now, is, is this? Yeah, is, do you think he start? Is he starting? I mean, is, is that the plan? I don't know if we have. I mean, I think that's the plan for the season overall. Uh, I mean, I, I I assume that, right? But yeah. Um, but yeah, opening night. I I mean, there's really, I guess, who we're playing Philly opening night. So maybe that's an opportunity to bring him off the bench because you could start Aaron Baines yep. against uh, Embiid, right? Yep. I mean, it, it's if there's a team you're going to put the extra big guy out there, this is certainly one of them. Toronto um, also, I think. You know, yeah, I think so, I mean, you could ease your way in that way, bring in Hayward off the bench. I mean, I, I think we all imagine that he will be starting by year's end, but because I think a lot of times we're going to be rolling with that lineup with Horford at the center, and then you just, you go, you know, you go Kyrie, Jalen, Hayward, um, Tatum, and Horford. You know, so, that, I mean, I would imagine that's going to be the lineup 90% of the time, but I don't, I don't see any reason why they couldn't, you know, to start with the the big guys and bring um, uh, um, Hayward off the bench, you know, first few games, anyways, let him get his legs back under him. I mean, because he, uh, you know, he's doesn't quite look himself just yet. So, I mean, and that's going to take some game time. Um, you know, we've seen some flashes. I think more so in practice than we did in these games, uh, in videos at practice, anyways. I'm just happy that he can, you know, move laterally. That right. he can get up. You know, mm-hmm. off of the bad foot. Well, it's not a bad foot. The previously bad foot. Right. You know, and I understand that the psychological aspect is going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing, right? I definitely think that's the big thing. Getting over that hurdle of playing at game speed, you know, it's physical. So um, having the confidence to move like you used to. So what else is going on? We've got a new new GM finally in Philadelphia. Elton Brand. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. I, I never thought of Elton Brand as like a big basketball mind, but then again, I never really thought about him like that, you know. So, I mean, longtime veteran, played on a few teams, um, played on Philly, obviously. Um, yeah, what uh, what are your thoughts there? Because I really don't know anything about Elton Brand off the court aside from the player that you know I remember. Well, a couple of things. For me, the biggest news about this is the new GM of the Philadelphia 76ers is not named Mike Zarin. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great news for us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, we talked about this a lot last year, especially yeah. when the uh, we had the uh, um, Colangelo gate. Well, beyond that, what I do know about Elton Brand in a non-player capacity is that he went from a player consultant for a season – after retiring, to general manager of their G League team without even coaching. As far as I am aware, he has not coached on any level, which is fine. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to coach. I mean, the main thing you need to know is, is the CBA and to be able to have a good knowledge of, of uh, agents, really. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, you know, he's not exactly a journeyman, but he, he's been around long enough that I'm sure he has, you know, made some pretty good connections uh, in the league. So, you know, he's, he's got 
some rudiments there of of a guy. He may just be, from what I hear, he is going to be working very, very closely with Brett Brown. So it may be kind of like a training wheel situation where they didn't necessarily want to put all of the eggs in the coach basket, as it were. Right, right. So it could be a little bit of that, and maybe they they hope you'll grow into it. And if not, then say la vie, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> better, better than better than what they had, and probably smarter than putting everything, like we said, in one basket. Besides that, we uh, we we cut Justin Bibbs uh, from the training camp roster and signed Marcus George's Hunt, who has played with us before. I think on a training camp roster, though I'm not. Uh, I believe that. you are right. Yes. Yeah, and he looked all right. You know, not exactly huge news. I doubt he's going to make the team. Though. Yeah, well, you. <laughs> if these guys are playing, we're in big trouble. So, <laughs> I mean, they're <laughs> they're there to have good bodies in camp and whatnot. Uh, you know, but not 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 guys you want to see on the floor. Uh, at least not this year. Um, you mentioned uh, uh, a particular non. Celtics thing that could end up affecting the Celtics if it actually happens, but it might not. Uh, and that would be the the whole Jimmy Butler saga. Mm, yes, which is, a, I mean, I can't even really get a grip on this. We were talking about this before we got on. You know, is Minnesota really trying to shop him, or are they just pretending they're trying to shop him just to please, appease him? I, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to get a good read on this. If I was a Minnesota fan, I'd be pulling my hair out. Um, I, I, I think mean, they should trade him. I, I think that they would be foolish not to. I mm-hmm. think even if it means that they miss the playoffs this year, it's probably smarter for them long term. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily hurt if they control their own pick. I don't remember, but if they do control their own pick, if if they did happen to hit, you know, a yeah. lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of I do feel that at this point it does seem like the the goal is to both trade him, but also retain his services as late in the season as possible. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking more of a trade deadline deal. Yeah. And just I mean, because they won't get as much, but they'll get something and they'll get, they'll get his, you know, it's important to a team like Minnesota to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've been, what, like twice in the last 20 something years. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, and it, another thing too, is I, I, what they have to weigh in here, obviously is what this all means with Carl Anthony towns. Um, we don't. I don't really know what their relationship is, um, but how, where does he lay in all this? How does he feel about the whole situation? Um, you know, if, if he's the guy you're building your team around, and you should be, um, you know, you have to make sure he's happy. So whatever it is they end up doing, whether they trade for a player, maybe, maybe there's somebody they can get in exchange for Butler that Carl Anthony Towns would like to play with. You know, um, I, it's. It, it's, it's hard to trade players for players, though, in the middle of the year. It seems like most of the deals that come trade deadline type stuff, you know, it's a player for a pick or uh, picks or a young player. Um, I mean, you're not going to see star for star at that point in the season, at least not generally. Um, but I don't know. It's, uh, again, it, it's, it's a hard – it's hard to get a grasp on the whole situation. I mean, uh, Butler wants to play in New York, either Brooklyn – or the Knicks, or the Clippers. Um, interesting group of teams there, considering you know they're not none of them are really contenders at all. Uh, so is winning is is winning just not important to him at all? I think winning now isn't important. My my general read on this is that most, if not all, of those teams will be able to sign someone else to play with him. Right. Which is, I think, important to him as well as being in a major urban center. I think those are the only two really big things at this point, mm-hmm. which I think is is stupid for anyone who's played a significant amount of time under Tom Thibodeau. No offense, to yeah, Boston alumni, but right. <laughs> man destroys knees. Yeah. Talking about all these other teams, how about the Celtics going into the season? Uh, when we take a look at the team, you know, what's uh, worst case scenario, best case? Uh, let's take the team as a whole. Uh, worst case scenario, Justin, this year, what happens? Worst case scenario? Well, worst, well, let's do worst and best. So worst case, the Celtics. Worst first, worst first, 
best second. Uh, worst case scenario, they miss the playoffs, break up the team, lock everyone in prison. Totally <laughs> I don't think that's possible. <laughs> wait, no, that that's the, the – well, I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll leave politics out of it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just stop there. Um, the worst case scenario for this team, I think, is a second-round exit in the postseason, a sub-50 record, not much sub, but like 47, 48, 49 wins in that range. Uh, and that would really be predicated by a repeat injury. That was, that was yeah, that was going to be my worst case. One of the big guys goes down again, right? Um, it, it, either Kyrie, Gordon, even even Tatum and Brown at this point, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, or Adam. more more so Tatum, just because not because Jalen's less of a player, but I think there's a little more flexibility. We can play Marcus Smart, you know, size wise. Anyways, uh, it's hard to replace Tatum's size you know um in the lineup and just skill but um yeah i mean yeah i mean i guess if Kyrie got hurt if Kyrie went down again for the season i think that might be the worst case scenario only because now we're going into the off season um i mean can you sign a guy at a max deal who went down on you two years in a row um i think that would be that would be bad um, it would put them in a very tough spot. Um, and, you know, what do you do at that point? You have to make a decision. I mean, you still have Terry Rogier, Um, so obviously you, you could make a decision to just move on from Kyrie at that point. Um, but I think Kyrie going down would be worst case scenario. Obviously we don't want anything to happen to Gordon either, but just because of the contract situation. Yeah, I was going to say Al would be a worse, worse situation. He might be worse for the team in terms of – of, of, you know, what he does on the floor, his unheralded uh, <laughs> um, uh, attributes to the team. But um, I, I think Kyrie going down is would be the worst long-term. Can you imagine the reputation Danny Age would have if he made the hard decision and decided to flip Kyrie because of an injury in two years in a row doing that, basically? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe if Kyrie goes down, <laughs> maybe uh, Isaiah Thomas is coming off uh, back, rounding back into MVP form, oh, and then we can resign him at the end of the year. Let's just, get out of this house. Just, just pretend none of this ever happened. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, give him so that break, truck. Let's go directly to the best case scenario. I think we know what that is. Uh, yeah, that's a banner. <laughs> Another banner. A banner um, and a resign uh, at the end of the season. We'll just and leave I, it there. I, and I mean, as as much of it, it's going to be tough to beat Golden State, but I I think it's certainly in play. I think you know if I ignore the preseason, you know, bringing me a little bit more down to earth, I think it's probably about a sixty forty in favor of Golden State if the matchup were held and everyone was healthy and working about as well as we can possibly know. Yeah, I agreed. So besides uh, that. So, players-wise, right? Uh, we're just talking about Al, right? Yep. Al is like my like best worst case. I mean, best case scenario, Al's going to do what Al does, right? Best case scenario for Al is he wins like Defensive Player of the Year or something, right? Yeah. Uh, but I can't see his play falling off much from what we get. I mean, maybe his numbers go down just based on, especially like offensively with all these other weapons that we have. Mm-hmm. But I I expect him to just basically. I mean, he's at a level where I just think he's, you know, there's not much room for improvement or decline, at least not from what we saw last year. Uh, so my guess would be that Al's somewhat what we saw last year. Maybe the numbers are a little different based on other people contributing more. But, I mean, best case scenario, maybe he wins Defensive Player of the Year or something. I think that is probably the ceiling I would be looking at for him as well. Probably the best I can think of for a worst case for him that doesn't I don't think we should use injury for any of these guys just because that's that's too easy. Yeah, um, right, right, right. The worst case for Al, I think, would be a not particularly effective perimeter defense season just because age starts to slow him down. Mm-hmm. Less useful, but he'll still be very useful in that regard just because of the position that he plays. Right. Uh this would probably take him from being one of the top, you know, arguably 10, definitely 20 front court players in the league to in the top 50, which is still a great thing to be. 
Yeah, and and setting up an, uh, for him anyways. Worst case, if if he does have some kind of decline, and he is going into a contract, this is a contract year for him technically. So, um, you know whether whether or not he's with the team next year, will probably um, will be willing to how much he's willing to take less because I don't think he's making the same money he's making now, regardless of whether he's worth it or not. Uh, the Celtics got too much money to move around, but that remains to be seen. Um, how about Kyrie? So we're going to take injuries out of this, right? Yep. Uh, best case scenario, MVP candidate, uh, right? Right. I mean, that's. I, I think he certainly has. He's got the ability. Um, and with all these other guys, if these guys are knocking down some shots, he's going to be um, open. I mean, he's going to have the ability to 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 get to the hoop. And and obviously, we know he can shoot. Um, worst case, is there any chance he doesn't make the All Star team here? I mean, injuries aside. Well. I would say that that's something that we can, you know, address on the next person on the list. We'll get to that shortly. But for Kyrie, I don't really think that, you know, injuries, if we're talking physical injuries, then, yeah, I don't, I don't really expect that to, to be any kind of a factor for him. I do think one of the things to be watching out for him um, is just being drowned in a sea of effective players, which mm-hmm. could and you know we already are seeing a little bit of over deference to each other. People people need to just go with the hot hand in the starting unit, and you know there's a chance that that could really depress his numbers a lot. And that's that's really the worst case scenario that I see for him is just people people continuing to act the way they have been in preseason and. You know, not to, to cop out to all of the starters, but this is really, in my opinion, the worst case for all of these guys. Um, I'll try to think of some individual things, but you know, just really the the main thing to be to be watching for is is just the lack of meshing, leading to an overly balanced offense that isn't effective because mm-hmm. it's overly balanced. Not. You know, you can say when you say overly balanced, it's usually a positive thing. But if people are just deferring all the time because they are overly cautious, or if one person is hogging everything, right? You know, either of those situations, either extreme, mm-hmm. uh, could manifest as the worst case scenario for any of the starters. How about up next? The, the mystery man, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> I'll only say that because, I mean, we know what Gordon Hayward's capable of. We don't know exactly how long it'll take him to round back into that form. Or, I mean, frankly, if he's ever at that level again, I mean, I assume he will be, but at the same time, um, best and worst case scenario, I would say worst case scenario is Gordon never be, is that same player again. Uh, which is, I would say, certainly a possibility not, not maybe not maybe not uh, likely possibility, but you know um, that it's a serious injury. Um, it's a mental thing as much as it is a physical thing. We've talked about that before. Maybe he's not quite the same player anymore. You know, uh, which would be a, a real shame considering uh, we never really got to see him. Uh, you know, aside from the five minutes and the the few preseason games we saw last year. Um, but I, I, I would say best case scenario, he's back to his all-star form, um, you know, scoring 20 points a game or close to it, and doing the things that, that, you know, he did, we saw him do for years in Utah. So I think that Gordon Hayward has one of the better chances on the Celtics, probably better than Kyrie even, of getting an MVP with a good season as a best case. Like if he has an outstanding season, if he shakes off this mental funk that he's in and returns to about the form he had in Utah before he came to Boston with all these other players, I do think that that would actually be a better case for MVP, regular season MVP, just because of the narrative. Because Mm -hmm. as I was hinting with Kyrie, even if he puts out an outstanding game game on a regular basis with everyone else around him doing fairly close to the same it's not going to look as valuable to the right game. sure so uh, well and, and another thing too and no one's going to mistake Kyrie for Gary Payton out there with his defense at the point Gordon Hayward's an elite defender or at least he was 
So, I mean, like you said before, it, you know, we want to see him move laterally and see him, you know, back to the same, um, you know, the same level of play that he was at before. But if he is back to that same level of play, I mean, he's a, an elite defender at the wing position. So um, he's, in terms of when we're talking MVP, he may, he, uh, there's a good chance that he affects both sides of the ball at a higher degree than Kyrie does too. So worst case for Hayward was what I was hinting at. Just basically not getting out of his own way psychologically. That could really honestly fall under injury. So that's my best Mm-hmm. Attempt at, at at not using injury as a cop out, basically, mm-hmm. uh, or the the oversaturation of good players for the starters. What about Jalen? Um. So, I, I would say worst case scenario is Jalen. Like, let's say Gordon ends up coming back and having this MVP esque season, or or you know maybe. He loses out on some shots here. I mean, uh, maybe his numbers take a decline. I can't see. He's worked so hard in the offseason. We've seen him. He, he looks fantastic. Uh, he's in terrific shape. Um, I, would, I would say worst case from him is his growth is a little stunted from having to share so much of the limelight with these guys. And, and after like playing such a big role last year, he has to take a step back. And what about best case? Uh, best case is he keeps rolling, and he's on the all-star team, and – you know, scoring 20 points a game or close to it. Yeah, I hate to be a boring podcaster, but that that is basically it to a T for me for Jalen on both ends. Uh, what about Tatum? So, I mean, I, this kid, and we've talked about this a million times, I mean, the sky is the limit for this kid. I mean, who, who knows? Th- this kid looks like he's going to, at some point, be an MVP candidate, right? Uh, he's got all the tools. I mean... I don't know. I I can't even. What do you think? What's the worst? I want to hear what you think. Worst case scenario, because I mean, I know what I think the. I know what I think is best case scenario is. I mean, because this kid could just do about just about anything. Um, I think the yips are his worst case scenario. I think surrounded by so many good shooting veterans and not being expected to rise to the level that he was last year, mm-hmm. that might. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say Markel Fultz level yips here because that was just beyond. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, kind of more like a, a regression to the mean. And when I say regression to the mean, I am fully aware he shot more than enough three pointers last season for it to be not noisy at all. But mm-hmm. but he's not going to have as many shots at, at, at hitting threes this season. So right. if he gets into a funk, it's going to take longer to break out. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, I think that's spot on. Uh, what about, now here's a guy who's, who's talking about taking less shots. Uh, <laughs> Terry Rogier, probably the, the biggest, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I mean, he's going to have the biggest detriment to what he, the shots and, and what he used to, I think, anyways. I don't know, though. Maybe I could be wrong, though, because he's basically the sixth man, right? Uh, him and Smart depending on how you break that down. Um, he's definitely the, the offensive six man, right? Yep. Um, so, I mean, he's going he's gonna to be relied on in that second unit. I, I imagine that um, Stevens is going to, you know, we're, we're going to have a situation where, we, you know, one of these starters is always on the floor as, like, the offensive focal point, you know? Uh, I think that's where we get a, um, maybe Jalen and Jason get more of – you know, become the focal point of the offense. But I think Terry's going to be a part of that too. Um, I think worst case for Terry is he, you know, he's not getting enough time on the floor and, you know, that, that hurts his confidence a little bit or um, because we've seen it when he plays a lot, he plays well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, best case scenario, six man of the year, Terry Rozier. Yeah. That's definitely a fair fair one, uh, apart from any kind of unexpected, unsavory surprises. It's definitely within the realm of possibility. The- now, the other guy we were just talking about, mm. Marcus. Marcus Smart. The uh, We actually got to talk about the <laughs> We got to talk about his dust-up with JR, too. But, um, so- That's the worst case, man. Just, <laughs> just Okay, he can't keep his hat. I like that. I like that. That's That's nice. No, but seriously, uh, let's just segue to that real quick. That that was absolutely 
I mean, I love the fire, but that was wicked, wicked dumb. It was. Um, there's really, and we still don't know what kind of repercussions he's going to get from that. Um, preseason game, uh, swinging at J.R. Smith, who got tangled up with Aaron Baines, who is a guy who certainly does not need any Any help help. in a a scrap with in a scrap with jr smith he could have planted him through the floor if he wanted to um so i mean that's where i mean if if that was isaiah thomas and he got tangled up with somebody i could totally understand you know coming to your teammates rescue but that was totally unnecessary so there i mean i guess worst case right can't keep his head straight Yeah, and you know he's got he's got good reason to be a little bit of a loose cannon with his mother passing recently. Rest in peace. Ab- ab- t- absolutely, right? I mean, and, and it's awful. His but. teammates did the right thing, you know. They tackled. Yeah, I mean, they held him back, and and hopefully they restrained him enough that we're not going to have any problems with him missing games. Um, but not. I mean, we, it, this isn't the first time he's lost his cool. I mean, we've seen it a handful of times, but last year it cost him a bunch of games punching. Uh, Punching the glass, um, screwing up his hand. I mean, worst cases, we run into another situation like that where he's missing games, and I mean, we need him. He's a defensive catalyst. Uh, I mean, best case scenario, he's a. I would say best case scenario for him, he's playing. If he's still, you know, if he's getting the minutes and he's playing enough that he's a, he could be a defensive uh, player of the year candidate. Yes, absolutely. He certainly has the talent to do it, and. Um, you know, I, I think him and Terry will be both running the second unit, um, maybe because, I mean, as much as he's not, we all, we Marcus Smart shooting, you know, smart shots, um, he's still a, an offensive weapon in, in that he's a, he's, he can drive to the hoop, he can get to the free throw line, and he's a great distributor. Well, I'm going to go a different route for best case scenario for Marcus, just because I'll be able to pat myself on the back with this prediction if it comes true, and that <laughs> that will be this is the first year where Marcus Smart hits anything close to league average from three. Oh, that's a bold statement. I, you know, I thought last year was the year. <laughs> oh God, was it not? <laughs> he let me down. <laughs> that's okay. We understand Marcus at this point. We know who he is. We love him. Yep. Um, uh, well, so speaking of the guy that he had to uh, jump in for the other day, Aaron Baines, uh, a man who needs no help in a fight with anybody in the NBA. Um, uh, thoughts on him? I mean, I guess worst case for me is he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I mean, he he's still uh, he's still going to play because he's because of the size. But I mean, with guys like Semi and now with Robert Williams, um, not Semi. I'm Daniel Tyson. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's some other well, – Semi's a big boy in his own right. But I, I mean, uh, you know, the power forward center position here. Yeah. Um, if Robert Williams I – mean, we've seen some flashes of him. Um, if he's playing well, I, I, don't, I don't see him playing a lot at the beginning of the year. But that's not to say that after the All-Star break, um, he's not contributing more um, if, if, if he's got it in the cards. Um, Daniel Tice, we saw him. He played fantastic before he went down last year. Um, I think worst case for Aaron is that he doesn't get to play a lot because of those guys. Yeah, I, I do feel that he's got a lot of value in that he only has two basic areas of the court where he shoots from, so he doesn't shoot very often, you know, right around the cup in corner three. Um, anyway, saw them corner threes in the playoffs. Yep. So, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about the worst case scenario for him. Really the biggest danger for him is that he – loses a step like big men his age oftentimes start to do. He's in great shape, so I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, so I, I think he's got a very low floor in terms of a lot of the other players on this team. Uh, I do think that he has the potential for defensive player of the year. I mean, you have to keep in mind he led the league in regular season uh, defensive box plus minus last season. Uh-huh. Like the best defender in that that metric in the entire NBA, so that's definitely not off the table for him as as a you know accolade, I guess you could say. Um, and that's that's really you know because of the role that is built in. I think that is probably the best case scenario for for Aaron at this point. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Marcus Mars. That I have a real hard time getting a read on. I think the worst is pretty obvious, and it's just we get full ISO mook, malcontent, uh, unhappy with the team, blah, blah, blah. But all the situations where we've seen that unfold in the past have been situations that were completely dysfunctional. So I just I don't see the path to that, really. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest issue with him will be that, you know, he's probably the ninth or tenth guy on the roster, right? Um, you know, is he going to play enough to keep him happy? Um, obviously, he's bought in here with, you know, um, playing a, a, a complimentary role. But, um, you know, and, and obviously the depth is, is a great thing to have because we're going to be able to rest guys or at least play guys less minutes some nights, especially get to like back-to-backs and stuff. And we've got a, we've got a, a deep roster here. Um, but is, is Morris going to be happy enough with that? I think so, just because he has been vocal about that specifically in any role he's going to have in a future team. He's going to need to be that guy at his age. He is not out of his prime yet, but he's looking at the, the end of it coming within a season or two. So he needs to be able to to be that sixth kind of man at best position uh, wherever he ends up, whether it's with Boston or another team, probably another team with the financial situation being what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as best case scenario, I think he has a outside teeny tiny puncher's chance at making an all-star slot as an, an alternate, maybe. You know, if someone, mm-hmm. someone ends up getting elected but ends up not being able to play or something like that, there's no real chance, there's no real path for him on this team, and even even in the East, uh, to All-Star, and, and no real accolade. Maybe, maybe about the same level of chance, probably even less of a six-man-of-the-year award. But honestly, I think the, the, the absolute, absolute, absolute best is maybe like... I don't know, a, a, a third a third team NBA uh, or, or maybe you know, stumbling into an all-star appearance. So uh, how about the Mack truck himself, Shimmy Ojale? Shoots league average from three-point, best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, worst case scenario, he gets lost in the shuffle and he loses a lot of value in terms of what he built up uh, in the playoffs last year, hurting his long-term earning potential significantly. Yeah, I think he'll always have a role, given that you can, you know, bring him in to get physical with somebody. Uh, you're playing against a wing player. He's, a, he's, he's obviously, we know he's an NBA-level talent yep. on the defensive end and a, a, a very good defender at that. And just his size, giving people a different look. Um, obviously, like Marcus Morris is a pretty good defender, but the difference between putting Ojale and Morris on somebody, you know, is significant in terms of the, the physicalness and just, I mean, they, they both play physical, but Ojale is just a absolute stonewall. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, I think he'll always have a role, even if it's 10, 15 minutes, or even if he's just coming in to give, give a different look to somebody, you know, you're playing a Kevin Durant or something and you, you want to, you know, knock him around a little bit. Without, you know, you know, sacrificing so much. I mean, Shimmy can play. We know that. So, um, yeah. But, but I think, like you said, he could easily get lost in the shuffle with this team, um, given that he's going to be, you know, the tenth, eleventh guy. Uh, and you know, there there may be nights when he's going to have a lot of DNPs. I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, that would be, I think, worst case for him. Um, now here's a here's a guy. This is an interesting. I think is one of the more interesting players going into the season. Big variant. Daniel Tice. Big variant. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, we saw how he was playing before he got hurt last year. He was a huge asset, and like we said before, Aaron Baines. I think a, a lot, his minutes are going to depend on how well Tice plays, or 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 how quickly he you know is back into. Um, game shape not that he, he very well could be now but you know same thing coming off an injury um i, I tice does so many different things he's an he's an elite defender and um i he, you know he could he could end up playing a lot of minutes for this team i could even see him starting as many as 15 20 games based on situational matchups which i think is right. really his best case his best case scenario is that uh mm-hmm. i think his worst case scenario is becoming a regular starter Right for the main red clause, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> now put him in red claws. I, I I think that's unlikely, but I guess I suppose it's it's in the cards. Um, if, if he doesn't come back to form, um, I think though, like we said, uh, like we said with Baines before, he he may start a certain amount of games, maybe as many as twenty something, twenty thirty, maybe even depending on matchups. Uh, I but I think it's more likely that those guys are coming off the bench most nights, just because um, I, I think they're going to put the talent on the floor. Yeah. Um, you know, with Horford playing the center and, and all the other guys playing the wing. Um, but there's, I think that either Baines or Tice is going to be the go-to guy coming off the bench. I, I think that is the big difference there is who's going to get all those minutes. Um, one of them's going to play a lot and one of them's not. So I think that has a lot to do with how Tice plays off the injury. So uh, speaking of big men, what about Robert Williams? Now, based on just based on Brad Stevens' history, I'd go out on a limb and say he's probably not going to play a lot this year. Um, but he certainly has the talent. Um, you know, he's got lottery pick talent that could potentially. I mean, he he could be a huge asset um, down the line. So I would expect that he doesn't play much, at least not till All Star break time there. But if we have some injuries and he gets an opportunity to play and he plays well, um, he's got the talent. Um, and he's a different look than any of the other big men that we have. By far. Like, nobody has that kind of – right? I mean, nobody has that kind of athletic ability that he has. I mean, the guy can jump out of the gym. Um, he – you know, him – I think that has a lot to do with uh, injuries and, and how much he actually gets to play. But I, I would go on a limb and say he's – probably not going to play that much this year. Yeah, I think the best case for him is working his way into a super third string guy of about 10 minutes per game when the matchup makes sense. Uh, And I think the worst case scenario for him is that he reverts back to the scary, sloppy, sleepy fellow he drafted, in which case we won't see much of him, so... Yeah, and I, and I think I didn't, without even I didn't even think of mentioning that, but yes, the he obviously could find himself in hot water, making some mistakes just with his past, and um, that will obviously not. That's probably the worst case scenario. So he finds himself on a different team. Yep. Um, <laughs> although maybe him ending up on another team could be the best thing for him, but uh, he certainly because he, he'd probably get to play more. But at the same time. Um, at least worst case for the Celtics is he's not here at the end of the year because you overslept a couple times or something. So, because uh, that's not going to go over well. Um, how about the dancing bear? I have had a very hard time envisioning how he's going to fit with this team. I <laughs> so am so I. And I love the guy. I, but I think he's, he's a slightly more modern break in case of glass, uh, Greg, yeah. Greg Monroe kind of a figure. Right. Yeah, and I, I just – here's my thing. I, I want to see the guy play. I don't see how he's going to get on the floor with this team. And, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's – it's, it's, he's going to be buried on the bench here. I mean, worst case scenario is he doesn't play, right? I mean, that I would think. Uh, for him, anyways. And then best case scenario is what? He plays, you know, the, the Shemi Ojale role? Yeah. Like minimum minutes. Yeah, I mean, unless there's some serious injuries, I, I just don't see how he gets on the floor for a significant amount of time. What about the two-way guys? Pete uh, Dozier and Walt Dozier Lemon. and Walt Lemon. I mean, if these guys are playing, things are probably not great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, um, the yeah, I mean, what's uh, best case? They're D League stars. <laughs> I mean, that's. I could see Walt playing his way onto the parent club uh, by the end of the season if if one of the guys gets dealt or or God forbid injured. Um, but you know, PJ Dozier, he's got some more work to do. At least from what I've seen, not too much at this point. But he's he's a little sloppy with the ball, and he's not that great of a defender. But such is life. He's a two-way guy. That's what they. That's what they get signed on for. They, they're they're projects that, if you're lucky, one of the two in the season is going to work out. Right. Yeah, and I mean, we saw, um, you know, that we saw the uh, 
last year, um, the guys, so aforementioned uh, Jabari Bird and um, Kadeem Allen, didn't really get much opportunity with the big club. Well, we saw them play very little, and I expect basically this, the same um, fr- from these guys. Uh, any uh, anything else on uh, on the team there before we uh, head out? I mean, I'm, I imagine we'll we'll be potting up again before the first game, probably next weekend, right? So um, I think we'll probably going to break down. You know, maybe instead of breaking down our team here, we'll we'll go through the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, likely playoffs, stuff like that. Absolutely. Preview before the season. Sounds good to me. Um, what else is going on? I can't think of anything important apart from the unresolved Jabari Bird situation. Uh, I don't know that there is going to be any resolution before the season starts, and probably not for several months into the season, just because. There's a new panel that has to do a new thing to review how things which may be ongoing as we speak in terms of making a decision about his future in the NBA and with the Celtics. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that process, not necessarily anytime soon. Um, it will significantly affect a lot of different things uh, related to how, considering how close the, the Celtics are to uh, being able to get under the cap, it may end up changing what they end up doing, uh, or they may end up using the slot anyway to try to pick someone up on the buyout market or elevating, like I said, Walt, Walt Lemon or somebody like that. Um, not really anything else to think about until some actual games start happening. There's nothing happening this week until the 16th, which is what, Tuesday? That's right. So... Until next Tuesday, it's going to be a, a slow, slow basketball world, barring any uh, unexpected blockbuster trades around the league or Celtics news. So, yeah, I don't know. Keep an eye out on CelticsLife.com for new content. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we're going to keep you guys posted and, and you know, stay up to date with the with the site, with the pod. We'll keep you up to date on all that stuff. Uh, our man, Captain Cap, Justin Quinn, will keep you uh, updated on that whole Jabari situation and how that's going to break down for the Celtics uh, in terms of the salary cap. Um, don't forget to check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. We have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in the store, and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading, which is coming up real soon. Uh, you can find the pod on Wooshka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. If you don't like something or have a suggestion, make sure to let us know with a comment on any Celtics Life article or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. We're always trying to bring you guys the coverage you want, the way you like it. And for this next week, we'll get one more pot in before the season. And uh, we're almost there, guys. Take care, y'all. Later.